Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. We come to this Sunday, second Sunday of Lent, and we see in the Gospel the reading of the Transfiguration. It is a welcome break in all the stories of repentance and sinning and ashes and sackcloth that we have been reading in the first week of Lent. Why would the Church give us this image today? Well, Sundays for us are days that are a rest in the journey of Lent. Our Lent actually lasts 47 days instead of 40 because on Sundays, the day of God's of Jesus' resurrection, God's salvation for humanity, we take a break from our Lenten practices and from this story, and we find a moment of rejoicing, even within Lent. But in a very special way, we need to know that as Jesus has announced announced his passion in the story of his life, six days later, he shows himself to the three closest apostles, John, James, and Peter, the fishermen that are part of his most inner circle. And Jesus shows a mirror of another three, Moses, himself, and Elijah, the prophets, the law represented and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It is such a tender moment that has been depicted by many wonderful artists throughout history. Peter says something that causes that sense of tenderness that this image has for me, that he says, shall we make three tents, Lord, so we can remain here? He wants to remain there. Jesus is showing them this moment of transfiguration where he displays his divinity, where he displays that fulfillment of salvation by bringing Moses and Elijah and hearing the voice from God that says, listen to him, this is my beloved son. This is going to give strength to these three in the time of the passion and the crucifixion. And Jesus extols them not to tell anyone, not to say what they have seen until the resurrection. This leaves the three pondering what Jesus means by the resurrection. Even though it is a, co a common topic, they would have been hearing the Sadducees, the Pharisees talk about the resurrection of the body. It was a topic of the time. But to hear Jesus saying it in a personal way, to say, I must suffer, be handed over, and then at the third day, I will resurrect, would be something that would have appeared so strange to any of us, that they keep this in their heart and they're pondering what it is. We find in the first reading for today that another moment of glory is represented in one of the harshest or more terrifying stories of the Bible, and that is the story of Abraham going up to Mount Horeb and sacrificing his son Isaac. 
it is one of these stories that says, why would God ask anyone to do that? It seems like God is going against his own commandments. So what is God up to in doing this? Note when you read this story that the minute God says, Abraham, I have something for you to do. Abraham immediately says, here I am. When God asks something of you and me, what is our attitude? Is it us ready? Here I am. Because we're talking about an old man that has left his land, has come to another one, hasn't had a child for a long time. God has promised him, I'm going to give you a great nation. He doesn't have a child. And finally, in their old age, God gives him Isaac. And now God wants this beloved son that is actually the fulfillment of his promise to be put on an altar and sacrificed. What mind does Abraham have that he says, here I am ready for anything, listening, not counting his strength, not counting the weariness, not counting how long he waited for something and God wants something else. He doesn't know what God is about to tell him, but he says, God says to him, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love and go to the land of Moriah, and there you shall, you shall offer him as a holocaust on a height, I will point out. How do you set out on the way of the Lord after he has given you something so terrifying to even consider? And you take, you say goodbye to your wife, and you say goodbye to your house, and you have servants with you, and you take the wood and all that is needed, and your son, talking, pondering. What kind of feelings does Abraham have on the way? What kind of turmoil is in his heart? Does he have peace? Does he have anguish? He must be innerly focused to understand. He must be so aligned with God to make sure that he's hearing clearly that it is a voice from God. His own son says, you've got everything you need, but we don't really have actually something to sacrifice. And look at the faithfulness of Abraham that knows the character of God so well that he might even have this sort of curiosity of, of wondering, oh my goodness, what is God going to do? Because God is a God of truth and his promises are fulfilled. He said, I would have a son and I have it. And he said, I would have a great descendant um, great descendants and a nation so God is the God of his word I am curiously wondering what is he going to do about this my job is to obey and he tells him God will provide when they arrive at the mount <sighs> what a story so dramatic Abraham hears a voice from heaven. It's not right there. They've set up the altar. He's stretched his own son. What is his son saying as this is happening? And a voice says, Abraham, Abraham. His response is the same. Here I am, ready for anything. Do not do the least thing to him. I know how you are devoted to God, since you didn't withhold from me your own beloved son. I swear because you've acted this way, I will bless you abundantly. He repeats the promise that he had made, making your descendants countless as the stars. When we don't withhold from God the things we love the most, 
when we're ready to put them in the altar to serve Him in whatever way God intends for us to do. He blesses us abundantly, even more. In Paul to the Romans, we hear God is with us, so who can be against us? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us. God walks with us, and even when we feel tested, even when we don't understand the things that are happening in your, li in your life and mine, the hardships that we are enduring. In these last couple of months, we have had so many COVID tests in our family. Our son ended, testing, ended up testing positive. He had to quarantine for two weeks. And that happened during the ice storm that he was still away. And just returned this week back to our house healthy and weary from all the things that have that had happened and taking his classes away from everything and working on his thesis and he was pondering why are all these hardships happening this is our senior year yesterday he went to the storage unit of a friend from Czechoslovakia who wasn't able to return and, and all his things have to be sent back to him and what kind of graduation are they going to have these are the vicissitudes, the things in our lives that are hard, the hardships, the obstacles, and all of us have them. How do we align ourselves to God to listen as attentively as Abraham, to be able to say, here I am, Lord, I come to do your will. God says at the moment of the transfiguration, listen to my son, and we hear that Abraham is able to hear God's voice and align himself. In Psalm 116, we affirm, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living, even, even as I am greatly affli afflicted, even as I don't always understand your ways, Father, I am your servant, and I will offer sacrifice of thanksgiving. My vows to the Lord I will I will pay in the presence of his people. So let us go to the throne and say, Father Almighty, you call us to yourself. You invite us to a deep relationship. Sometimes our life doesn't make sense to us. We have hardships that sometimes we don't understand, that are sometimes so hard to bear. But you do not give a cross unless you are expecting to walk right there with us, and unless we know that we know that we know that you are a God of your promise and that in the midst of hardships, you will deliver us, you will take us through the valley of death and you will show us your way and your presence. We are so encouraged in this Lenten journey by the transfiguration of your son, by his divinity that he shares that divinity, that we are fashioned like him in his likeness, that that divinity is made available to us through his cross and resurrection. Let us be people who walk in your ways, set apart. Let us be people who say, here I am, Lord, like Abraham. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the Inner Room Emotions in the Bible. 
and we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you.